been lounging, lounging with Skipper. <laughs> You've been lounging, lounging with Skipper. Oh, I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Lounging with Skip. Um, episode 37. Been doing this uh, off and on now over the past three years. And um, I'm still thankful and blessed to be able to continue to do this. But now on this platform, as far as through Zoom, instead of just through the audio aspect. Um, so I'm glad for the options of that. I'm sitting here with a man who personally, OK, so I met this man back in 2012. He was coming into the barbershop I was working in. And, you know, he was coming there getting his hair cut. And what stood out to me about him was one day he was about to leave. And I think somebody said, all right, then, dog. And he said, hey, listen, we shouldn't be calling each other dog. We're men. And, you know, that that's that that stuck with me because ever since that day, I stopped calling people dog. When I see like my boys, I don't say, what's up dog? I don't say that anymore. Ever since that day. And from that, I was like, man, I got that from that man. And then I seen the man again at um, this club uh, during that time, R&B Live on uh, Ventura in uh, Studio City. And he was, uh, he had a book and he was got up on the stage and promoted his book. And so I just noticed him as an individual like okay this man is a positive guy you know what i mean he's, a, he's about um you know pushing forward he's about being positive giving leaving some type of insight to make you think and i was like wow okay okay bet and so we ran across each other again years later on the first season of double cross when i was brought on as the barber and i mentioned that to him and just over the course of time, we built this relationship, this rapport, um, especially during the second season, because we were able to sit down and have conversation. And so I said, man, it'd be good to like, you know, have an interview with you. You know what I'm saying? So I want to welcome everybody to the, ep to the episode, to the podcast. I want to welcome Darren Henson, y'all. Thank you so much, Skip. It's good to be on. So, for sure. How's everything been with you? All is well, you know, I, um, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the bed right now. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm doing it from the bedroom. Um, Which is dope, you know what I'm saying? It's you know, it's, it's relaxed, it's, it's, it's early. I give thanks to the Most High for rising today. I give thanks uh, for you and this platform and, and to just have a, a nice conversation and, and to discover something new about ourselves um that we might share as a gift and uh yeah no you know we are we are men not dogs dogs <laughs> have their place in this world and our place is not their place and their place is not our place so right. why why do we want to be anything other than who we are right so tell me um where are you from you know where, where like where, where were you raised i'm from my mom and my dad well, yeah. uh, <laughs> what, city? what city are you from? Yeah, I'm originally from New York City, the Bronx. Okay, word. I, you know, I mean, you can't tell, right? You right, know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm from New York um, and uh, born and raised in the Bronx, grew up in the home of hip hop, mm. uh, true hip hop, 
five elements of hip hop mm. uh, with Africa Bambata, Zulu Nation, Anniversary Jams, Graffiti, um, you know, where the original, you know, rappers came from. Um, you know, it was crazy. I just finished watching the uh, Rapper's Delight mm. documentary, man. Yo, I, I almost can't even listen to that song anymore mm. because Why of you know, what Big Bang Hank did and stole all of his rhymes, mm. you know what I mean? Um, it's, right. it's so crazy from Grandmaster Cash, you know? So it's like Grandmaster Cash should have been that face up there. Cause it know? was something that happened where he found the notebook, right? And he just like, that was a last minute thing. He got the notebook and just- I don't know how he, I don't know how he got the rhymes, but I know he memorized the shit out of them. Yeah. And I mean, that's the most fraudulent, you know, that was straight up Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Biting for real, biting for real, yeah, right? For real, it's crazy. He left teeth marks and so, um, so you, you, you being raised and you know born and raised in New York, understanding the five elements of hip hop. Um, what led you to you know go into the the break dance? So, did you start off as break as a break dancer and you know the dancing part of it? Well, for for me, um, I loved popping. You know, I love the robot. I was a guy when he was younger who watched Shields and Yarnell. Most people won't even know who they are, but Shields and Yarnell, mm. um, um, Danny Kay. You know, I, I grew up watching West Side Story, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Mm. You know, I, the Nicholas Brothers. You mm. know, watching Mass Entertainment, James Brown, the Jackson Five, the Commodores. I grew up in that era. So for me, you know, I have a, I had a great and have a great love of dance and music, um, you know, live bands. Um, so, you know, I, I just had a, a love for dance. And at that time, um, street dancing was, was popular. You had Gladys Knight and the Pips doing songs like Save the Overtime for me. You know what I'm saying? You have movies like Beach Street. You have movies like Breaking, Rest in Peace, Shabadoo. Right, right. You know, you 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 had, you know, um, all of these amazing films. You know, like um, um, you know, like Style Style Wars that came out. Yeah. Um, you know, all the original street dance films. So yeah, I started off as a street dancer. So were you? So were you doing this in high school or you were doing it as like a recreational type, like a hobby type of thing, just as a pastime? I was doing it as love, but yeah, absolutely. I was doing it in high school, you know, being in high school and a high school performer led me to my first manager, meeting in him. In high school? Was, huh? In high school? Yeah. Okay, wrong. Meeting him while he was in college, um, Scott Sterling who the world knows as DJ Scott LaRock, mm. created Boogie Down Productions. Wow. He was my first manager. I was wow. I was dancing with him and and we were touring while he was still in college. You was touring with Scott LaRock? Well, Scott Sterling. Scott, Scott he, Sterling. Before he became Scott LaRock that everybody knew. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you look at the back of the Criminal Minded album, it thanks BIA. BIA stands for B-Boys in Action. Mmm. That's raw. That's some hip hop history right there. Facts. Okay. So during that period, you had the manager, you, you know what I'm saying? So you graduated from high school, I assume. 
Uh, and did yes. you go off to college? Did you, did you, or did you just decide to take the, 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 the dancing route? And I never wanted to go to college, mm -hmm. you know? Um, the only time I went to college is when I was going to visit Scott. Okay. Um, but the, the, the wonderful and interesting thing was I read the books of the people who did go to college. Mm. Yeah. So I didn't necessarily have to pay for courses. I studied from the books of the people who did. Mm. And it afforded me the opportunity to go, grow, and glow, learn languages, travel, be cultivated, and create a momentum in my life that still stands today. Mm. Interesting. So around this period, this was what, late 80s? Obviously, late Yeah, 80s, 88, 89, I graduated high school. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see the sense in sitting in another classroom for eight hours a day when I wanted to travel, mm. I wanted to perform, I wanted to see the world. College wasn't going to give me that education. Okay, so after you graduated from high school, you started traveling. What was a point in your time in your life at that point? where it kind of transitioned into the next, because, you know, with the passing of, you know, um, Scott Sterling, um, what led to the next phase of your life going into the 90s and so forth? Um, well, I'll give you the true honest story. I went to Japan for a year uh, in 1989, learned Japanese, worked there, studied there for a year abroad, um, wow. came back by the time, Say it again. And I said, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then I came back to America and um, I started, you know, dancing and, and choreographing. In New York, there was a station called Video Music Box. And um, there was a television series on MTV called Club MTV mm, with downtown know. Julie Brown. Mm -hmm. I became a part of that you know, click. I became a part of the cast gotcha. on Club MTV. And by the time I was 21, um, I met Shabadoo, mm. who took me under his wing and introduced me to a director at 21 who was bringing a show to Broadway. Mm. And, and I was cast in that show. Wow. And so I was on Broadway at 21. So that was a major transition and growth spurt for me at 21 mm -hmm. years old to be this guy who never took an acting class, never took a dance class and became a Broadway actor. And that was through you meeting Shabadoo. Yeah. Wow, man. You know, it's interesting in retrospect and thinking about something like that in the whole scope of life, right? and the journey of your life, right? The different people you come across in life, in your life, in your journey, that lead that lead you into the next transitional phase of your journey here on earth, right? And then in hindsight, when you look at when, like now, looking at, looking back to that, you say, wow, it begins to kind of all come together in, 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 in your own perspective of life as what it is now. You know what I mean? And it yeah, makes we're all connected. We yeah, really yes. are all connected. It's like the story is already laid out before we even actually walk it. We're you know all I mean? connected, man. And because of that, it led you to your first acting gig. 
That is on Broadway, where you have to pretty much act right now. There is no cut. There is no nothing. You just got to go. And that was from you being on that show. How did it feel being 21 years old, being on that MTV show, and then getting this next phase of your life going into Broadway? Did you feel like, man, like, I can do this? Did you feel like, yeah, I was meant, I was built for this? Or were you just kind of rolling with the punches? I felt like I was built for it. I felt like I had studied and trained for it for years by the focus that I had given to the entertainers that came before me. Mm. You know, I was, I wasn't surprised. I was thankful. I was happy. I was excited. Mm. Um, I was in gratitude before we started having all these conversations about gratitude and awareness. I was aware and and I had gratitude. Um, I was just, I was thankful that I was given the opportunity. I was thankful that somebody saw me as worthy. Now, during this period, you were kind of on your own onto your next step. People yeah. that you knew previously, uh, at, you know, your, your friends, that your peers, did they look at you any different from that point? Because now you weren't around them as much. You're kind of to this next step, and you, and 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 if they looked at it in a not a negative way, but kind of like, man, you think you this? Were you able to make that? Ah, you know, I didn't grow up like that, man. I I grew up. I mean, it was rough for me, man. I was the little guy who, you know, all the girls liked. Mm. I danced. You know what I'm saying? I had I had the cuties. Um, I got picked on a lot. Mm. I was fighting all the time when I was a kid. I was fighting right. all the time. Mm. I mean, I was I was fighting all the time. <laughs> um, and you know, I got robbed at gunpoint wow. when I was a kid. When I was in the eighth grade for my bomber. Bang. Um, and it was freezing outside. I'll never forget that. I was in the gym class. This cat came up to me with a 22 at the time and was like, yo, take it off. I was like, yo, it's freezing outside. He was like, yo, take it off. I took it off. Right. That, that got dealt with later though. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It got dealt with. Um, but you know, at the time I took it off. So I was... You know, I, I was. It was I another was, kid. It was another kid, or it was another kid that did that. Yeah, I was in the eighth grade. He was in the ninth. Okay, wow. I think okay. at that time. Yeah. Um, but you know, he was he was a knucklehead on on the fast train to to yeah. nowhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that and, was doing that. You know. Yeah. So so you know. so coming from you know okay so now 21 you're, you're on Broadway. What's the next? What occurs after that? How long? How long were you on on that uh, on that show on that stage, doing that Broadway until the next event? It only went on for that year. Um, it it won the L.A. Drama Critics Award. Um, it was in the the Mark Taper Forum. Um, it was in the Marines Memorial in San Francisco. It was Hartford Stage in Connecticut, and then Broadway. Um, and it really, you know, if anybody wants to look this up. It's called Stand Up Tragedy, and um, you know you, you can you can look it up. It's a powerful show, man. And I think it was before it's time, to be honest. Okay. Um, but you know, 
now um, people would sink their teeth into it. So it, it was a genius show directed by Ron Link and written by Bill Kane. But you know, anybody could look it up. It's called Stand Up Tragedy. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was that was my beginning in in acting. But as you know, I wanted to be a dancer and a choreographer. Right. And so, you know, I took off the acting shoes after the show closed and really didn't think about acting again until 2000, which is when Soul Food came along. So from that early 90s point up until into the 2000s, you were on this trucking journey now, um, dancing, figuring out a way to get into the, you know, and to get into the industry as far as dance. dancing choreography. Yeah, I choreographed at that time. I was blessed enough to be introduced to new groups that was coming out and I choreographed SWV's first song, which mm. was right, called Right Here. Right Here, okay. Yeah, then I choreographed So Into You for them. And then I choreographed um, Color Me Bad, Sex You Up. Wow. Then I choreographed High Five, She's Playing Hard to Get. Wow. Lisa Lisa, Let the Beat Hit Him. Mm. CNC Music Factory. Um, things That Make You Go Home. New Kids on the Block, No More Games. Okay. So, um, yeah, just, you know. So, okay. So during that period when you're doing this, do you, you're feeling like, man, I'm on fire. Like, I'm like, it's, it's popping now. Like, so at this point, you're, you're, you're fully engulfed in this lane of what it is you're doing. You're on your, you're, you're, you're going there now. Nah, I don't think I'm on fire. I was scared every time I got a job. Wow. Because I was like, I got to come up with these dance steps mm. and I got to create this choreography. It was nerve wracking that that whole time. Like, I didn't feel like, yeah, I'm the man. I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? You know, what what steps? So I practiced and practiced and practiced. I would be up at I think I made. When I choreographed, this is later on, but when I choreographed Jennifer Lopez, I think I, I did that. Love Don't Cost a Thing was probably like three o'clock in the morning. Like so I just- practicing these steps yourself before yeah. you approach the actual artist. No, 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 no. Before I taught it to the dancers. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We to so I would have to put all the dance steps together. And you know, I wasn't, a lot of the times people now, they got two and three assistants and all of that. There was no assistance back then. Like. Yo, you there? I had to come up with the dance step. I had right. to come up with the dance step. There was no assistance. Hello? Yeah, can you can you hear me? Okay, it's good now. It seems like it. Skip. Can you hear me? Can you, can you hear, me? hear me? Can you hear me? Hello. I can hear you perfectly. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. You're yeah, you were freezing on my end. Was I freezing on your end? Yeah, you was freezing on mine too. Yeah, sorry okay. about that. You so, no, no, no. You know, so, you know. Hey, even during the time of technology, there are disruptions still. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all just technology. Um. So, okay. Leading up into the late '90s, you were choreo you were choreographing, and you know, doing your thing. What led you back into the acting? And why did you go back into that? Well, in 1995, you know, I mean, I, I did songs for George Michael, 
Um, I did Vesta. I did Donna Summers. Wow. I did Vanessa Williams. And in 1995, I got to work with Michael Jackson for a year on wow. a history album. Um, uh, 1996, I worked with Prince and traveled with Prince. And so by 1999, I was doing um, Jordan Knight okay. and Britney Spears, you know? And so for me, it was like, I had done everything I wanted to do. I worked with everybody I wanted to work with. Wow. You know, wow. I remember they were like, you haven't worked with Madonna. I was like, well, I turned her down. They were like, what? I was like, yeah, I turned her down. She was doing the girly show. Mm. And she asked me if I was open-minded. I said, that depends. She says, you're not open-minded. I was like, all right, and left, mm. you know? I turned, so at, I turned at that point in your life, you were like the equivalent of like one of the top music producers in the in in in, in the world, man. I yeah. mean, if you're, if you're working with these artists, Prince, Michael Jackson, sitting in a meeting, turned down Madonna. That's like one of the top. That's like a a Timberland. That's like a Neptunes or something in the studio with these with these folks, Rodney Jerkins, and you yeah, were it was, that. It was it that. was big. It yeah. was big at that time. Yeah, and yeah. so. You know, I believe if if I wanted to work with Madonna, I would have, but I wasn't down for the kind of show she was doing. Mm. And that was during the Vogue era. And I was like, nah, that's not for me. She asked me if I was open-minded. I, I kind of knew what direction that was going in. I was okay. like, nah, I'm yeah. good. And so, you know, I was like, I choreographed for Jordan Knight and I did a song for him called Give It To You. Okay. Now, previous to that, I had choreographed for New Kids On The Block. And so I had a relationship with Jordan and we lost to Ricky Martin's Vita Loca at the MTV Music Awards. And so I was frustrated. I was like, yo, man, I'm done with this dance thing. I did everything I wanted to do already. And so, you know, so it, I went felt like it, so it felt like it was like getting to a ceiling point for you. In that yeah, world. I, I felt like that was it. You know, I didn't win the MTV Music Award. I was frustrated. I was like, man, I'm, I'm good. I'm done. Like, who else am I going to work with besides, you know, after Michael Jackson and Prince? Like, I'm right. done. Right, right. And so I left, and and that's when Soul Food came along. But it was an interesting thing that happened. In March, I started filming Soul Food, and we filmed that through June. March of what year? 2000. Okay. And so... 20 years ago. No, tw 21 years ago. Okay. 21 years ago. Wow. And so... That June, I got a call from Johnny Wright. He was like, yo, I need you for the group again. Cause you know, I had I had choreographed for NSYNC when they came from Germany. Mm. He was like, you know, well, we we are off, you know, the, the record, you know, label. We broke up with Lou Pearlman and this is their exiting song. It's called Bye Bye Bye. Mm. And I was like, nah, man. I was like, I'm acting now. He was like, nah, I need you to do this for me, Darren. You know, I did their first Disney special that blew them up. Wow. He's like, I need you to do this for me. So I was like, all right, fuck it. And I went and choreographed Bye Bye Bye. And the outcome to that was? My MTV Music Award. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come and on, and, and man. the biggest song NSYNC will ever have. 
And so to me, there's a couple of lessons in that path Mm. of least resistance. What is it? Path of least resistance. Mm. So I wasn't trying to win the MTV Music Award anymore. I was just trying to create the best dance video I could create. And in terms of that, fused with the music at that time, that's so interesting because you weren't even thinking about the award anymore. You had, you you now were uh, you now were going into the acting aspect of it. You get this call to just man, just come do this, man. You're like, nah, man, you know. And then boom, you said, okay. You didn't resist. I mean, you were at first you were, but then you were like, all right, you know, what I'm saying let's do it. And then you do it, not thinking about the outcome, just doing it because of. The relationship you have with the other guy that t- asked you to come back, come and do it. And then you win an award from that. Once again, and I wanted in the first place. One again, speaking about what I was saying before, the journey and the people you meet along the journey, the path is already laid. It's about how you roll with the path. Are you going to throw in the towel? And, if, and even if you do throw in the towel, there's certain, there's certain spiritual guides of of, of 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 higher beings that basically instill in others that say listen come on now it's up to you to say to listen to that and take that that word or ignore it facts if you're awakened you're able to listen to that and say okay i'll do it and then you do something like that and then that happens without you even trying that's such facts. a dope thing about life man you know what I'm saying? As far as the journey, when you speak this, you know? Um, so you do in sync, you win the award. Did that lead to the Britney? Yeah, it was it was it was all connected. Connected. Okay. You know, it was like Johnny Wright was the Johnny Wright was Johnny Wright managed in sync and um and Britney Spears. And again, if it wasn't for Johnny Wright, you know, believing in my work and and trusting me, it wouldn't have happened. So it was him, you know, he said, come on and do this. You know, again, this is their release. And, you know, I left Toronto and and flew down to Vegas. And and again, it was the path of least resistance. It was me going to do it again great song amazing time and while everybody was thinking about y2k we were connecting the world through music and dance so yeah everybody was going on y2k 99 Mm -hmm. yeah kudos to johnny wright for for being a visionary and doing what he did from the success of that the awards is that what brought along the the video the uh, Darren Henson's work, uh, uh, core dance video, and and all that is was that Darren's Darren's dance grooves, yeah. That came so, from that, yeah. Because now everybody now, was like, "Yo, I want to dance like them," and here's the guy that. So it, it became a lucrative business. That facts, <laughs> facts. Like I had been choreographing for for all of these people, right? And so I was thinking, man, you know, I'm I'm over here. acting now and i've been dancing and choreographing for years i can't leave all this money on the table and so i saw billy blanks 
And I was like, man, that's kind of cool, but nobody's ever done that with dance. Mm. And so that's how Darren's Dance Grooves was born. And I had, or before the video, I already owned the company mm. and I was touring. I was one of the first touring um, dance workshop companies ever. Mm -hmm. mm. I think Tremaine's might've been the only one, one of the only ones before me, but I was one of the first touring. And, you know, I had it out on the road. So I thought, well, I can't go out on the road so much anymore. So I'm going to do a DVD. And that's how the Darren's Dance Groups DVD was born. So you found a way to work smarter, not harder, and still, and still spread out in such a, from one thing. It just, it just distributes all the way out. So leading into your acting, you did Soul Food, the success of that. How many seasons did that do? Wow, the first season we did, man, we did 20, we did 22 episodes mm -hmm. of Soul Food, mm -hmm. I think, the, the first season, did we? It yeah, we did 22 episodes the first season of Soul Food. I mean, that's a lot. If you think about- you that for one season. <laughs> yeah, if you think about- a full season, 22 episodes. The first every, time- I, Every week, one week, every week. Every every week for 22 weeks. It was crazy. That's a good five months of, 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 of shows being- For aired. the first time I started acting. That was, and that was the first time you started first acting. First time I started acting, one Soul camera. Food. 22 episodes the first year. Now, did you notice a difference from doing that versus doing the Broadway 10 years previous? Before? Absolutely. When I was on Broadway at 21, again, I was just learning. You know, I was a young man, but Soul Food was like my first classroom mm. for acting, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was, I was learning everything on Soul Food when it came to acting. You know, our executive producer, Felicia Henderson, she was the showrunner. Um, you know, Melinda Williams, uh, amazing um, actress, uh, who at that time was married to Makai Pfeiffer, mm. whose character was originated in the movie. I was playing him, but she was married to Makai in real life. So it was a brain fuck right there a little bit you know mm. and um you know i had to to tap into what his character was on the movie yeah mm. so you know it was all my first classroom and and i give thanks perpetually endlessly yeah. for the gift of soul food most definitely um you know going through the years man you know the past 20 years you you know what i'm saying excelled and acting in various um, films. Um, did you ever go back into like television shows or you just kind of stayed with the film aspect of, of movies, making movies? The first movie I did with, was with Vivica Fox. Mm. I remember bumping, to, bumping into her at the airport, forget where I was going, but we were, we were sitting together and she was like, are you busy around such and such time? And you know, she was known for working with Morris Chestnut a lot. Mm. 
And so I guess she wanted to switch it up. And I was like, nah, we'll be finished filming. Oh, yeah. The two, you know, she was in Soul Food, the movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had a lot of heat on us. And so she was like, I'm going to be contacting you. And she did, you know, kudos and much respect to Vivica because she definitely called me. And and I, I did my first movie with her in 2003. It's called The Salon. The Salon. How was it working on something like that, it being your first movie? Is there a difference between working on a movie versus a TV show? I was nervous as fuck. It was my first film. It was with Vivica Fox, right? This huge, well-renowned actress. I was nervous as fuck. Yeah, I was nervous. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it was crazy. It was Vivica Fox. And I was playing opposite of her. My scenes were opposite of her. And then I became her love interest. Yeah, I was nervous. So the success of of doing the films and things of that nature, man, what led you to years later, if, you know, start to come out with books and things of that nature? What led you to say, you know what, I want to implement what it is I've experienced now in written form? Well, you know, after you're you're you, you you're in the game, you start to learn the game, and you realize that show business is show business. It's a compound word, you know, and um, it's not so much all fun and games, glitz, glamour, and glory. You know what I mean? It, it takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. It takes hard work. It takes smart work. It mm. takes getting up at 4 a.m. You know, success rises early. Mm. People want to stay in bed at 8, 9, 10 o'clock. Nah, 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 nah. Successful people don't do that. Mm. They get up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and they're working, you know, or they're going to sleep really, really late. You know, they're going to sleep at 4, 5 in the morning from working all night, you know. Mm. So I had to learn that. And the books came along because I had gone through so much in my life. Like people really don't know my story. Yeah. They 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 don't know. But it's 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 being it's being prepared for everybody to see. How many um, books have you? How many books have you wrote? I've written four books. The first book was called Intimate Thoughts in the Spirit of Change. The second book is called Ain't That the Truth. Third book was um, Pregnant with Thought, and the fourth book was called Life's Teachable Moments. Okay. And that last one, when did that one come out? Life's Teachable Moments came out two years ago. And so these books, people can go get them on uh, Google. Uh, I mean, not Google, but... Uh, right now, the the only book that can be purchased currently, like somebody could order the book today. On Amazon is or something. On my, no, on my website. No, I do everything direct sales. I learned how to do that. Wow. Um, When I did Darren's Dance Grooves. Everything Ooh. is direct sales. You can go to my website, which is God's Billboard T-shirts.com. Again, God's Billboard T-shirts.com. And you could pick up a God's Billboard T-shirt as well wow. when you go there. But the only book available right now until um April is Intimate Thoughts and the Spirit of Change. Okay. All it's the other books are sold out, but we're going back into production with um two of those books which is um ain't that the truth and um and life's teachable moments in april the dope thing about writing books man it's like the lessons are always there to read 
They exactly. never get old. So you could always sell it. You know what you I mean? Can, you can always go back. They don't they don't have a, a, a date. expiration date. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so what are you currently working on? Um, I know uh with double cross uh first and uh second well, season. Clearly with you, skip the barber, right? <laughs> Right. Double Cross series, hit number one show mm. on the All Black Network, right? Formerly UMC streaming, uh, but now called All Black. Uh, download the app, right? right. So um, uh, second season, hit show. We got billboards all over America right now. So shout out to all the fans holding us, you know, up. I never say holding us down, holding us up, mm. right? So the world Oh, yeah. I want to let everybody know. This man right here, first season of Double Cross, I said, uh, we were we were talking, and I said, good morning. He said, it's Grand Rising. <laughs> Grand Rising. And you know what's so crazy is that every every time I'm, I hear the word, the good morning, I think of when you said Grand Rising. Yeah, we well, rise out of bed. The sun rises. And we don't mourn out of bed. Morning, yeah, explain that. The sun doesn't mourn up. The sun rises up. We don't mourn out of bed. We rise out of bed. Well, some people do because they complain about getting out of bed instead of giving thanks that they can walk and that they're aware and awake. So, you know, words have power. I, I learned, you know, a long time ago that words have power. You know, my my, my grandmother, you know, taught me that life and death is in the, in, 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 in the tongue. And so we can speak life or we can speak death. And, you know, I choose to speak life. I choose to be grateful and, and thankful for all the gifts I have. We see how delicate life is. You know, when people are like, oh, that's some corny shit and all of that. Yes, it's not that corny anymore. When you hear about people dropping like flies, right? That that hit an electric magnet, right? It's it's not that funny anymore. You ain't you ain't ready to diss or be dissed so quick anymore when you hear about the loss of life. It ain't so funny. You ain't really worrying about people the way you was worrying about them or dissing them or, or calling people corny or, or you know, or, or not paying attention to certain things. Your awareness has to be acute now, right? Mm -hmm. You can, you know, hang around somebody that's asymptomatic and that could cost you your life. Mm -hmm. So shit ain't so funny anymore. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So... I just, you know, I say what I say. I am who I am. And I give thanks to the most high every with the, day. With the family business, because, um, explain explain that show as well. Because now it's, that's in the third season? Yeah, the family business, number one show on BET. Mm -hmm. Number one, that's right. I said it, number one show on BET+. Plus. Um, and uh, Carl Weber's the family business. Shout out, happy birthday today to Carl Weber. Okay. And um, you know, we, we're filming the third season right now. Mm. And um I'm just thankful, man. You know, playing Orlando Duncan is 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 a blessing, is a challenge. Um and 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 there's so many fruits on the vine. You know, we truly are a family, mm. you know, on that show. You know, um and 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 as you know on, on the double cross, yeah, you know, I got a lot of families. Yeah. And, you know, with the family business, man, it's, it's, it's a strong, tight family and we show up and show out. We go to work and, you know, we love on each other and we all are going through things. You know, everybody has experienced some form of 
hardships and possible, you know, and deaths and their families. And, and so we just fuse together, man, and support each other. That's so, the real thing about working on uh, having, you know, working different shows or movies or whatever. In that moment that you're filming, those people become, you become close to those people that you're around every day for the next X amount of weeks, months, you know what I mean? And then once out. it's over, you move on to your next project. But when you yeah. see them, it's like, oh, what's But you remain, the you, you, you maintain the developed relationships. Like I'm still close with the, the cast members of Soul Food. Mm. So, you know, we help each other. We talk about things like right now, you know, Bitcoin is over. It's at an all time high today, over 40,000. Mm. You know, um, not that long ago, Anthony Mackie, you know, we on text and stuff together. He was trying to trying to come at me because, you know, it dropped. And I was always teaching people about Bitcoin. I've been doing it for years. And he was mm. like, yeah, I, look now, look now. And I just got silent and I laughed because I was like, I know what he doesn't know. Mm. Now, am I going to get back on the text today and laugh at him? No, because I know what I know. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Real power yeah. moves in silence. So. I don't have to go over there and be like, what up, Mackie? What up now? It's over 40,000. Like, that's not my job. My partners and I, we teach people how to access, um, you know, purchase Bitcoin, why they should purchase it, what the other altcoins do, what the privatized, you know, what, what decentralization is, the contract. So we teach people in a Bitcoin course we teach them how to sign up. We teach them about what hard wallets are. So you have a course. Huh? You have a course on this. Oh, yeah. We've oh. been doing it for over a month again, but we've been teaching this now since 2017. So how can people become a part of that? Is there information? All they have to do is DM me. It's a $99 buy-in for the course. And by the end of the course, you will know everything that you need to know about Bitcoin, altcoins, about virtual wallets, hard wallets, about password. I mean, just everything about the crypto space. It's a dope course. I mean, I, I've had people on today before I came on with you in my DMs thanking me. They're like, I'm making so much money. Mm. You know, um, Omar Dorsey, you know, everybody knows him from being on Queen Sugar. You know, he called me last month. He was like, dude, I'm making like $3,000 a day, mm. you know, because I signed up when you told me to. And so people who listen have the benefit of listening. Time waits for no man. If you procrastinate, you're gonna miss out on a whole lot. So people, all they have to do is DM me, send, send me their email, right? Just hit me on Instagram, send me your email. We'll send you the information. It's a $99 sign up for the course. And you're in again if people would have done it a month ago they would have already made ten thousand dollars on their investment wow you know wow. and if they would have listened to me two months ago three months ago they they could have got now it's at 40 was at thirteen thousand. Mm. well i mean you know with, with like I, I mean you never know man video travels and you know this particular episode i i, I still i promote my episodes months and I still promote episodes from before, from three years ago, even now. So this will never die. This, this episode will never you know, leave. So those people that are listening right now, contact this man. I want to I end this off with um, 
what are something some last words to speak on to upcoming uh choreographers today of today and upcoming actors that want to pursue um you know that this field of of, of work and, and to you know for the person who's watching this or listening to this in a small town in idaho you know like live your life like it matters because it does you know one of my shirts on the god's billboard t-shirts website says i'm already validated by the most high i don't need your approval stop looking for validation from everybody before you take action mm. but you must take action you know, on my vision board, it says, I don't know where I'll be in six months, but I'll be smarter. I'll be stronger. I'll be more aware. I'll be better and I'll be richer. Mm. Right. Period. Challenge yourself. Make yourself grow. Create a vision. Miles Monroe said you can't see but so far, but a vision can pull you beyond your wildest imagination. Mm. <laughs> All right. Like that. Yeah. Tony Robbins says, if you want small things to happen in your life, take small action. If you want massive change in your life, take massive action. Mm. So basically, speak once again. The tongue speaks um, and, and, and says a lot. You have either life or death. Either life or death. Power. Okay, people, go ahead. Go ahead. Power or relinquishing your power mm. through the tongue. Yes. How can people reach out to you um, if they want to contact you for the information, your Instagram, email? Instagram me at I am Darren D. Henson on Instagram. That's double R-I-N-D Henson. It's with the blue check. Be careful because there's a lot of copycats. Mm. Um, or come to my website, www.godsbillboardtshirts.com. Good, good. Hey, Darren, man, I appreciate you, man. I know you got a rush. I thank you for, for, for lounging with me, man, and getting on this podcast episode with me, man, episode 37. Um, I wish you much success, man, and I hope to see you in episode, then uh, season three of Double Cross, man. I love you to life, my brother. Thank you. Oh, God bless you. Too, you. Yes, sir. Keep All doing right, what you do, brother. <laughs> thank you, man. Dr. Martin Luther King said you ain't got to see the whole staircase, just one step at a time. Wow. Don't don't look too far ahead. Just look at what's in front of you to get ahead. Don't worry about 100. Get to 10 first mm. and then to 20 and then right. to 30. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. God bless you, brother. All right, Darren. Thank you. Peace.